let's uh let's talk later awesome. about the big big mother <laughs> <laughs> What is happening, family? It's the Look Sharp Boys. My name is Moss, and again, accompanied by the two Togawas and partners in crime, Vita and Fale. Today's guest, a proud family man, as well as a man of the world. He's traveled to places I can't even pronounce. He's also the founder of Australia's first and only Hawaiian barbecue cafe, diner called The Big, Big Aloha, which I'm sure a lot of you Sydney siders have been to. Uh, an incredible journey indeed, and we're blessed to have him. Please make welcome Mr. Marcus Joseph. Yeah, brother, thanks a lot. Um, and my mum and dad, my mum and dad came to Australia in 1982 uh, from Aotearoa. And so uh, they came to Australia to basically try and create a better better life for my older brothers and sisters and and i was actually in the belly when they came to australia so i always say i was made in new zealand but born in australia so so um <laughs> so i grew up in a yeah bro so now so we um they made their way out to mount druid and um and yeah so we um we lived in mount druid for about 30 years and um you know coming from mount druid it has its challenges um yeah so it's, you know it was, it was an awesome place to grow up but um you know one of the things that Growing up in Mount Druitt, you know, you start life behind the eight ball, so you just got to hustle for everything you get. And, um, oh, 100%. Yeah, so. And you see, it, you see it now as well, right, Marcus? Like you see with all the music that's coming out and all the expressions that's coming out from our kids and telling everyone, you know, in a smack mouth way how it really is over there. You know, I guess you can sort of look at them proudly because you went through the same struggle. Yeah, right? man, that's it. And, and you know, I've, I've, had, I've had the opportunity to travel the world and, and, I, and there's nothing like home, man, nothing like going home to Mount Druid. You know, it's, um, people talk smack about it, but, um, you know, it's probably yeah. the safest place I feel, man. Um, you know, <laughs> nah, but, um, that's, that's, that's so funny, eh? Because, you know, a lot of people would probably hear Mount Druid and then, you know, the East prickle up and what? Nah, I'm never yeah. going there. <laughs> but just for you to say that you feel safe. Yeah, bro. You know, it's, it's home to a lot of us. Right? Yeah, absolutely, bro. So, yeah, man. So I just grew up there and then, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I go to church a lot and stuff, so with my church, I've been able to, to travel around and and um, nah, nice, yeah, I went over to um, to um, high school in New Zealand. So I went to the Church College of New Zealand to do my high school. Oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> hey, just 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 pull the brakes up there a little bit, you know. We need to need to get into it. Tell me, so you, you have six siblings, right? Marcus? Yeah. Well, what was that whole family dynamic like? And where do you sit in that? Yeah, line? I'm right in the middle. So the, the, the three older are born in yeah. uh, Aotearoa, and then me and the two younger are born in Sydney. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, so right in the middle there. So I had, you know, I had an older brother and two older sisters to look up to growing up and stuff. Um, but yeah, mum and dad took me off to um, to boarding school when I was in just after year 10. And um, yeah, I went to right. church college, and then shortly after that came home, and then and then I went on a volunteer mission for my church. Um, yeah, so nice. I ended up over in um, Nicaragua, over in Central America. Shucks. And we're going to get into to Nicaragua. Oh, man, I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> but pretty much that's... <laughs> yeah, Nica, Nicarino, yeah. Um, so that's what... That's kind of south of Mexico and, and north of Colombia. Yeah, 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 yeah where that's that, right. Where, where that yeah, is, that's yeah. right. Um, so, you know, just growing up, you know, in the middle of six siblings, made in Aotearoa, <laughs> and then born here in Sydney. How in touch were you with your Maori roots, or Maori roots, sorry? Yeah, very in touch, brother. Thankfully, um, mum and dad always um, immersed us in the, uh, 
in the kapahaka and we you know we, we grew up singing and and, and um dancing um and you know learning hakas and things like that and um yeah. you know we had lots of friends at church that were interested so we'd always go on camps and um you know just learn about our roots and about our ancestors and, and um, oh, yeah, yeah man just the you know the divine lineage that we come from in, in new zealand um you know i come from a, yeah. a line of very proud chiefs and so yeah wow. so i have a you know have a lot to live up to that's for sure but uh, yeah and that's kind of like um when i speak to to the tokos fale and vita here mm. as well right like how good would it be, hey, Tokos, if there was something like that for, for us, <laughs> hey, coming through, like, camps and stuff like that, and, <laughs> you know, because we, we were sort of the other way, and, and we've spoken about it previously on, on some of our other episodes, but just that, you know, coming coming to, to Oz or Sydney or even New Zealand from the islands, you know, for them it was about sort of distancing themselves from the culture, like different names and things like that, just so they could fit yeah. in, you know. Um, but, yeah, man, I always think, how good would it be, you know, if, if there were camps or, you know, just things like that where we could learn and grow up a bit of, uh, and, yeah, learn about it more. Um, but, no, that, that's cool. So super in touch with your, your Maori side. Um, and, and like you were saying, uh, Marcus, like your culture is so rich and so is so many other cultures. But if we don't get to know, um, you know, the background, why do we say certain things? Why did, you know, my parents dress this way or why do they talk or do, why do they act a certain way? Um, we definitely lose it for so for a lot of the Maoris that do kapahaka I think that's an awesome advantage because they're able to learn their heritage at least learn the hakas and then yeah. once they learn the words they're like man there's a story yeah. to this you know we're not just you know here to play rugby <laughs> and you know to challenge somebody yeah. man there's a whole background story to it so yeah, yeah 100% what you're yeah, exactly. and even it's crazy so like my son as well um, he just went recently to because um, he's starting high school next year right so he went into a couple of high schools and um, for orientation and and one of the classes or one of the showcases when they're bringing in the year sixes for both schools was uh the kapahaka group <laughs> man it was me <laughs> and there was i think um yes yeah, so over at marsden um when i was there uh just watching it there was probably about 10 15 in that group just going hard out and i just saw the front row and they started slapping at their hearing you know they were like ah, i don't think i want to come to this school i'm going to get back <laughs> nah, it's, it's it's mad um marcus so again we, we spoke earlier about mount Jewett. we all sort of know what it's like especially with the our, our young youth bringing it to the fore early 90s um, what was Mount Druid like back then? Because um, again, um, sometimes when I when I go back to Mount Mount Druid, like because there was a farm there, right, where we'd go get pigs and, and things like just around the area. But again, there was a lot of bushland yeah. and it was there was a lot of open fields. Um, I, I knew that there was a cup like there was a few Polynesian families around the area and things. And but since then it's grown. Yeah. But nineties, how was it? Uh, what was 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 a, a massive Maori population? Um, yeah, what was it like in, in the 90s growing up in Mount Jewett? Yeah, man, it was fun. To be honest, it was really fun. You know, we, um, not like these days where kids can't go out, you know, even in the front yard. Uh, I agree. Back in yeah. those days, man, we'd just roam, like, you know, with the friends. And you would, after school, mm. we'd spend all day at our friend's house or around <laughs> around the neighbourhood and and um, yeah. sometimes do some things that we weren't meant to be doing. But, um, and, and, you know, <laughs> but, um, it was fun, man. It, you know, it could get, there, there was a bit of rivalry between schools and things like that. But um, all in all, man, people sorted things out with, um, not like these days where they used, you know, yeah. 
guns and things like that back in those days mm. it was just straight fist yeah. bro it was, it was uh 100 yeah you know um so it was it was relatively safe man but um it was it was a it was a fun place to live you know it was a fun fun place to grow yeah. up and i'm glad i did I, I'm, I'm i'm glad i learned so much um in mount Druitt. um yeah and um you know people write you off when you when you say you're from mount Druitt, yep. man you get written off straight away Agreed. and so yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it teaches you to teaches you the resilience, man. It teaches you to to want to be able to do something yeah. in your life and and you know achieve some sort of success, however that looks. But um, to each individual, yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you because um, our grandma was like the the cornerstone of just everything that we did as a family, um, and she lived literally in the middle of Mount Druitt, um, dark, um, and. You could just feel a community, you know. You'd go down to the shops, and everyone would know you or your grandma, yeah. Yeah. and then you'd be like, "Well, you know me and my grandma." And then it was a whole communal thing. And if anything, like you said, I did feel safer in Mount in Mount because I, I could identify with the people around me. Yeah. Um, and and you know you could say, "Hey, bro," and "Hey, bro," and then everyone's yeah. talking to each other, and you just really feel nice and comfortable. Um, and it's really hard sometimes when people like write us off a lot of the time and um, you know we only spent a little bit of time in like we spent a lot of time in Mount because our grandma was there but we're pretty much from the West Blacktown area but it's pretty much the same area anyway um, but it is really important to kind of you know know where we come from um, rather than kind of just step back and go oh Mount Druid is that yeah um, and we'll get we'll get into a bit more and you know how good you've actually put it in St. Mary's, your business, and we'll get to it. Um, but it's just another stepping stone on showing what Mount George's actually about and mm. what the West is actually about. Yeah, that's it. So, you know, grow, grew up um, Mount, Mount George, you know, live there, love it there, um, you know, primary school, high school. But then the last two years of high school, I think you, you were talking about, you went back to Aotearoa <laughs> there and uh, finished your last two years up. Um, well, was there a culture shock? Like, you know, you over here it's different. You're probably all brown and everyone just hangs out. But over there, you know, that's the motherland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> grab this. Ah, how are you, brother? You know, like, yeah, bro. what was it? What was it like? Man, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, yeah, going, you know, growing up here in Māori and a proud Māori, you go to, when I moved to New Zealand for school, um, you know, it was, um, yeah you were known as the Aussie. So, um, you know, I'm also a proud Australian because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm born here too, but um, yeah, yeah you, you did get a bit of a um, bit of cheek uh, for the first little bit there when we, because there was a few of us Aussie boys that went back there and um, yeah. no, nah, but it was, it was fun, man. Like, um, you know, going to a Latter-day Saint school and being able to live with um, a bunch of brothers and, um, you know, just live full time with mates and, and um, you know, being away from home at 17 years old, 16, 17 was, was it was a pretty fun thing to do to be honest um and i got i got lots i created lots of friends there and you know lifelong friends that i still have to this day that um that i that i met in uh at church college there so you know it's, it's pretty awesome man i only know of new zealand from what my wife tells me and you know talking to her brothers and the family and things like that over there and i know um you know they're proud of their high school, yeah. you know? And even when we were talking before and you were like saying, you know, there was a bit of school rivalries. Um, man, I see, I've even, I, I, I know some of my, my wife's cousins as well. They've got, you know, the motto tattered on them and they're just really, really proud, yeah. you know? And once once you're from that school, you're always, you know, from that school, that alumni, yeah. you know? Was it, what was, did you find that when you went to high school over there as well? Is it the same sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, there was a big rivalry. Um, not so much with fights and things like that, but more for the rugby. Yeah. 
um, there was huge rivalry between the schools and um, it, it was um, it was pretty awesome. You know, we got to, they, you know, in New Zealand, they take their rugby serious. So, um, you know, and we'll, we'll travel every weekend to another school somewhere in, in, in the North Island or the South Island. And it'd be such a big event, a festival, um, every rugby game. So it was kind of cool, man. It was kind of cool to go to these different schools and, you know, just enjoy that rivalry, yeah. What position did you play, um, Marcus? What's that, sorry? What position did you play? I was hooker. I was hooker. So I was a lot smaller back oh. in those days. <laughs> oh. yeah, right. so I, I don't know if I could throw the ball straight enough, but um, <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was a hooker back in those days. Um, I was lucky enough to play with a lot of the, play alongside a lot of players that kicked on to, to the All Blacks and things like that. But um, no way. Yeah, but got play on, against, play man. against, but um. Yeah, no, I was I wasn't any good myself, but uh, <laughs> but I was fun. It was definitely fun, man, playing rugby. Yeah. Uh, any any name drops there, Marcus? Oh, bro, like played played against people like um, you know Liam Messam, Mosse Tuali, Sam Tupo. Like um, yeah, I'm quite old, man. I'm I'm 30, 39 now, so it was a, it was a fair while ago, um, over twenty years ago, but um. Yeah, yeah. Um, you look, you look twenty-five, man. Thanks, Don't don't worry, don't worry about what the best tip is. <laughs> if you look look twenty-five, it's all good, you know. Um, no, that's that's crazy, and it's. I think that's that's one thing over here. It's that rugby, like you know, you see the Wallabies and proud Wallaby supporters, but they only sort of play rugby in the private schools, mm. you know. Mm, yeah. Um, and you don't really get. Uh, I think now they've sort of um, they're sort of coming through on it, where they're starting to bring the players around the schools. But you know, man, before they weren't really seen around the schools. But you know, the Panthers would come and spend a day at the school and stuff like that. But you wouldn't necessarily see Waratahs players or, mm. or Wallabies or anything. Yeah. Like that, you know, and I think that's sort of coming through on the national level where we sort of see. Um, but yeah, man, it's just. It's out of it, but whereas in in NZ, it's playing yeah. in public school, public school, private school. Yeah, I was watching a documentary on what was it? I can't remember. On Amazon, maybe. Um, documentary was on uh, a team from New Zealand, and just and it was a, just a high school team of a public school, yeah. and just to see how everyone just rides those highs, yeah. rides those lows. Man, the whole school does a yeah. Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's powerful stuff, man, when you see that. Yeah. It's a shame that rugby's not big over here because there's a lot of talent, especially in mm. Western Sydney. Yeah. Um, and we lose we lose the Island boys to, to rugby league, um, yeah. unfortunately, yeah. But um, which is good for them as well. But, um, yeah, rugby could be a lot bigger and stronger um, if, if they didn't just select from the private schools and they gave the boys out west a chance. I, um, yeah, even my son. So my son, I, I put my son in rugby first, only for the idea of, you know, it's a it's a more sort of complicated game, whereas league's easier to, to pick yeah. up and things like that. But I just yeah, man, just to see like the competition in rugby at a grassroots level around town to town, it probably just wasn't up to scratch. And then I think it was two thousand nineteen, my son turned ten, and then that's when the competition got played on a Sunday. Yeah. Where before it's been played on the Saturday, so because we're getting played on on the Sunday now, it was over at Western Raptors. Oh yeah, yeah I'm really cool. Shout out, shout out. Yo, yo, yeah, yo. Yeah. And um, I just remember all the league boys turned up, right? Because now they could play yeah. double. 
shut the gate to the amount of talent that came yeah. through. Man, my son's team with all the league players, they started putting like, cricket scores on every other team. <laughs> and just that, man, just a different sort of beast. But again, because they're exposed to rugby league, yeah. lot, whereas, you know, rugby union, it's, you don't really see it much on TV. You're starting yeah, to Yeah, slowly. Actually, not really see it. Yeah, so now you can you have access to Shoot Shield, you know, Super Rugby, yeah. um, on, on free to air, which is good, man. All right, um, so yeah, man, you did two years over in, in NZ, um, and then, yeah, man, like you mentioned it before, you, you finished school and then you served the mission in Nicaragua, is that? <laughs> yeah, that's good enough, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Go follow it, give it a crack, give it a crack, I dare you. Nick, nah, I'm not going to try that. <laughs> Spanish, Spain, <laughs> Mexico. We, we might yeah. offend somebody. Yeah, you, might, you might start being racist. But no, I think, you know, <laughs> talking about this, um, and, you know, Vita served the mission, I've served the mission, I've, I served in the Philippines. Um, you know, you, you still have your agency to kind of choose where you want to go or not go. Um, and so you had so much experience in life, being from Maoni, but then going to New Zealand and like seeing different things. Like what, drew you to go on your mission um and you know what were the feelings to get you to go and then once you got to mexico what was you know what was the feelings was there any cultural shocks or anything from there yeah man the, the cultural shock was pretty intense um because they send you over to utah for a couple of months to to learn the language the spanish language and then um i thought i, I thought i had, had quite a good little grasp on it but um when I, when I when I got to Nicaragua, it, um, yeah, I couldn't understand a word, man. Like I felt like after three months of learning, I just, it, it, was, it was it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, like I literally couldn't understand anything, and even, you know, kids would talk to me and they would laugh because I just I wouldn't have a clue what they were saying. But um, <laughs> I was, but um, yeah, Nicaragua was. Uh, I'm glad I went there um, because you know, third world country. Um, you know, two years. You know, just pretty sick for two years you know lots of uh you know as you know seven in philippines you would have got a lot of um got sick quite a lot and things like that but um it's quite dangerous but i was but i feel like yeah i feel like the experiences and 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 the the skills that i learned um over in nicaragua helped me set me up for for some of the challenges which i've had in my life so i'm glad i did that too um you know um I can go on and on about Nicaragua, yeah, man. No, and, and, no, no, and, and, and me too. And even if you served in Brisbane or wherever you served, you can go on and on just about the stories you had. So in saying as much, right, um, I had a companion, right, and, you know, we always had to choose who could cook. Um, yeah. And, you know, man, it, I'd be the rice cooker. So, you know, that's all I could do. That hard, just press the button. And if you see that little red button go orange or green, then you're cooking, yeah? So that, that was my job, right? So... Did some of that influence of you cooking on your mission kind of prepare you for, you know, what was to come later? Or were you the cook in the mission? Or did you learn that after? Oh, no, nah, man. So, so on the mission, we um, we basically paid, we paid um, one lady in every area and, and she would cook all our meals. Um, so, yeah. So we didn't, we didn't have really, we didn't really have kitchens or anything like that in the places that we lived at. It was more just a bed and, and a drawer type of thing. Um, we didn't have kitchens but um yeah so would we didn't really need to do too much would pay would pay for our food would pay for our laundry um we just kind of went out there and did you know um you know religious work and things like that but it was it was cool because because i'd never you know i'd come from come from australia you know land where we have everything 
um, to having nothing and, and, and being sick, constantly sick. So, you know, diarrhea every day, oh. all that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> so, and, um, you know, far away from home, there's no one to turn to, you know. So you just kind of try and, you know, rely on yourself. Um, but, um, yeah, lots of cool experiences, man. Um, did did, did um, those last two years on your own at, at high school, did that sort of help you um, when you were by yourself in... Nicaragua. <laughs> <laughs> just stop, oh, boss. Just stop, please. <laughs> just say Mexico, man. Mexico is good. No. Now, now that I think about it, I never thought about that, bro. But now that I think about your question, it probably did. Yeah. Probably did, you know, living yeah. away from home at a young age. Um, it probably actually did help to... Um, in, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like baby steps, right? You know, if you went from Nantua straight to where you went, I'm not going to say where you went, <laughs> so where you went, and, you know, you get sick all the time and the culture shock. So, yeah, I was just thinking, yeah, man, that, that time to see yourself for those two years probably helped a lot. Yeah. But for someone like, like me, um, Marcus, man, there's probably no chance I'll ever see Nicaragua, right? I've pronounced it like five different times. <laughs> different At least you're trying, man. That's the main thing. <laughs> just, man, fire up. Um, just, just tell us, man, like for, for people like me, man, what, what does the country look like? What does it feel like? What are the people like? Are they nice? Like, what's the setting? Yeah. Like? So the people, the people are really humble. They, they come, they, they have nothing. Yeah. So um, yeah. uh, the, the country itself, being third world um, is what you could expect, you know, kind of like the Philippines. Philippines, I've been to the Philippines and I could probably say the Philippines is on a, on a couple of levels up as far as class, but, um, um, oh, no but um, it's, they, you know, it's just people that they're, they're a they're very um, religious country, so predominantly Catholic. Um, so people, man, they, you know, they love, they love God, they love Jesus Christ and they, and they, yeah. They love going to church. Um, so for us, it was it was quite good and quite easy to be able to talk to people about you know religion. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was it was heartbreaking to see you know just the the struggles that they went through. Um, you know, people had to live through and, and and things like that. Corrupt governments and you know no work, no money. You know begging on the streets, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, it was it was definitely a, an eye opener. Um, Again, we we um we take it for granted, yeah. Like we live in this country, and you know we have our own problems. But when we think about um you know other places that you know have no power that you know are struggling for food and so forth, uh, we definitely do you know we do have it yeah. pretty good. So that's awesome that you've been able to I guess see that. And then kind of take that back and say, you know what, I'm blessed. Yeah. You know, regardless if I've got a roof over my head, I've got food on my table, I'm blessed. Yeah. So let me run with yeah. what I've got because anything more than this is a blessing. hundred you know? percent, man. Just the, just the simple things of um, being able to have a flushing toilet or a hot water in a shower is, you know, something that you, you know you don't. I didn't have a hot hot shower for two years. I didn't have a flushing toilet for two years. So <laughs> I, I admire you, Marcus. Man. Like you're speaking to the, you're preaching to the choir. Man. You really are. <laughs> Did they have toilet paper over there? 
Uh, yeah, they did, bro. They did. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it doesn't go down the toilet. But um, you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story for oh, share. Bro, another um, time. Another time. You go on and on about, especially about your mission and you know about the things that you've done, um, and you, you know, and also you know, I drew some comparisons of you know, while there was a lot of poverty um, and a lot of things that went wrong, I found sometimes that they were a lot happier than some of the people here that are living like man mm, i saw one you know one family or all the families would be outside commuting or talking to each other where you come back here and everyone's kind of isolated yeah and, you know we'd, you'd have one kid play with this box for an hour just play with the box and you go in and out we're here they need devices they need yeah. everything else so um you yeah, know yeah. you've experienced that you've got you've, you've gone through your mission um you know and then you've gone to fig- to go and study so um, let's let's talk about that after your mission you've learned a lot um, and now you wanted to study what did you study and you know what made you choose to study rather than going oh I need to get money and I need to just go get a factory job and that, that'll be me yeah well yeah I, I, I came home from my mission and and I went straight into the workforce like a day or two later uh, from my dad's company and and um, I felt like I felt like I was earning good money for a young you know 21 year old and I was, I was I was earning a lot of money but I was wasting it and um, you know, I had nothing to show for it. So um, after about a year of working, I just decided I wanted to, you know, try something new and and and, and further my education. So um, and I've never been one to study. Um, so I hate studying. Um, I don't read books or anything like that. But um, so I, I just decided to go to BYU Hawaii, and um, yeah, yeah. So I just um, went over there and. I thought I'd be a, a social worker um, major and things like that, but they did a couple of tests on me, and um, they advised that I should go into business uh, management um, courses. So, um, just off it, off their um, the test that they do on you. So I, I did that for about five years, and and um, I loved it, man. Um, I met my wife over there. My wife's Tongan. She's um, she's from Tonga. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's um, half Canadian, half Tongan, born and raised in Tonga. Wow, um, Canadian! Yeah. What a mix! I don't think I've heard of that. Before. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because whenever we we've been in places, you know, all over the world, and um, we've seen Tongans, and um, when they see her, they know who she is straight away because there's five sisters, and they're the Canadian sisters. So, oh, um, no she's way. been recognised at airports. I think someone recognised us in San Francisco and Auckland, and. And um, all over different places, but I don't, I don't know if there's too many Tongan Canadians out there. That's for sure. No, it's not. Yeah, no, I never heard of. Yeah, that yeah. mixture. <laughs> and she yeah. must be really nice because you know how they call it the friendly islands in Tonga. But then I also I've heard that the Canadians are like the the happy pe- the happy Americans that aren't the angry people. So <laughs> yeah. it must be really, really, really nice. Yeah, you could be right there. You could be right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's that's gold. Um, so you, so how long were you there for, Marcus? A couple of years, you might have said. Yeah, that. we spent five years in Hawaii, and then. Um, oh, five years. Or studying, or working at the same time. Or yeah, in between, we, we took it. We took a little bit of a break, and um, we went went up to do some work in um, in um, in uh, Miami for a bit, and then we moved over to California. Oh, Miami. Yeah, had to go see the X J Lo, bro. Had to go Miami. see the X. Oh, no. My dad lives there. Oh, yeah? um, I don't know if you know him yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. 
Hurricanes, they ended up in Miami, and again, probably another place I'll probably never ever get to. But yeah, what's it does? Is Miami as glamorous as it is in Bad Boys and all the it's movies? It, Miami sign and the plane goes. It's over. exactly what it is, man. Exactly what oh, you see on TV no, no, is exactly what it is. Yeah. So Miami, Miami is actually pretty dangerous. So we um. Yeah, we only lasted a couple of months there and then we, we decided to get out because it was, it, was, it was pretty dangerous. So we moved over to California for a little bit and then um, we were going to settle in Arizona, but um, came home to yeah came home to Sydney to get some visas to go back and um, got sick. So we didn't end up going back. Uh, yeah, so we would, would probably be in the States still today if, if I didn't get sick. So, yeah, so it's funny how things happen. And then, yeah, big time. But... Man, just going back to to Miami, dangerous in what way? Monkeys yeah. or just gangs? Yeah, bro, the gangs. Or... Um, there's lots of um, Cubans and Haitians and and the gang oh, robbery. Yeah, and, yeah, like yeah. it's literally what you see on TV is exactly what it's like over there, man. Yeah. Uh, well, lucky, lucky Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Yeah, it felt it felt like we we've we, you know we've gone through Compton and LBC and all that, but it didn't feel oh, as, no as, as scary as in Miami, man. Yeah. Oh, well. Ah, yeah. That's nice. And they probably know you're not from around there. Yeah, because right? I... You're probably out of town. So they yeah, of yeah, we got broken into you. Because I was knocking on doors over there selling alarm systems. Oh, that's what I was doing. I was a door-to-door yeah. salesman. So some of the places we went into were pretty crazy. Mate, you should be making a bank then if you're selling alarm systems. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, everyone needed one, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So only in Miami for, for a little bit, and then what, you went over. To yeah, Cali. went over to Cali, and then um, and then we were going to end up and settle in Arizona. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, came home to Sydney and got really really sick, so I couldn't go back. Yeah, but you know, yeah, sure. things happen. But but then <laughs> something's born. <laughs> right. So tell us tell us about the big big aloha. Was this something? that you guys had been planning since the States or was this something that sort of, you just had an idea? Because I know as well, what was it your guidance counselor told you that you're going to be a, a business owner or that's the field you should go into? Yeah. So man, tell us. Big, big yeah, problem. man, to be fair, like this time last year, we had no idea that we'd, we'd be running a, a restaurant. So um, when we got home from, when we came back to um, Sydney to get our visas to go to Arizona, um, I got sick, so I just sort of went to the local Mount Druitt shopping center and, and I got a job at the local flight center um, oh, as a travel no agent. Way. So um, that was 2009, um, and I actually stayed there for 10 years. Um, oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, was, I was lucky enough, man, to, um, to take over that place and um, you know, travel pretty much around the world many times um, in the did, job. Did you recommend like Miami to anyone? Or? <laughs> <laughs> we actually went back to Miami a few times since we left there, but um, but, <laughs> yeah, bro. So we 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 did the we did the whole travel agent thing, and that was you know quite a secure and fun job traveling traveling around places. And uh, 2019, uh, one of my mates at church just told me that um you know I, I had I had the skill set to to open up my own travel agency, and um, he, he said I should be doing that, and I looked up to him. Um, he actually told me that in 2016, um, but I didn't actually pull the trigger until 2019. So I left flight center. When, when, when in 2019, Mike? It was uh, September 19. Uh, you know what's crazy? Because I'm pretty sure COVID was lurking around the corners yeah. 
and we all know yeah. what happens to all the travel yeah. agents 100%. in like a couple months time that is yeah so like, what a moment. yeah well, well that's what happened bro we um we i left flight center in 2019 and um everyone thought i was crazy because i had a pretty comfortable position there and stuff like that but uh, i thought i wanted to work for myself so I, I opened up my own travel agency um and six months later the pandemic hit so um oh. yeah, yeah so everything went turned upside down um within six months um so i had a choice you know go line up at centrelink or try to do something else so we just decided to open a food truck and um that's what we did and that's one thing that's never going to go out of business or out of fashion right everyone everyone has to eat, to eat. You know? yeah <laughs> and you know even all the pubs and things like that they started selling food out of trucks as well like food yeah man you hit the nail on the head you know wow so, <laughs> i guess for, for you marcus what made the transition from um, the job that you had, COVID hit, everything hit rock bottom. Um, I guess you're always business minded. What what made you decide to to choose a food truck as a business as opposed to any other business? Yeah, I, I just looked at I just looked at what I thought would um, be of interest to me because you know you can you can you can do yeah. anything, but um, you know we we love we love Hawaii. Um, we were there for so long and we have so much ties to it. So me and my wife just sat down and said, you know, what do we want to do? And um, we just said let's 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 um let's just try a hawaiian food truck um so we talked to my cousins who are hawaiians here in sydney and um you know my cousin Kiave and, and and his wife carly and, and um, you know they just gave us a lot of advice and helped us a lot and we just you know we just we didn't really know what we're, we still don't know what we're doing but we just um sort of you know emptied out the piggy bank and opened up a food truck and We've got a lot of community support and a lot of people and you know around the area have come out to support us and and thankfully we opened that up in january and um it just um kind of outgrew itself so we thought would would expand it into a shop which we we um finally did last week so um yeah thanks a lot guys we're, we're blessed man for the, the amount of support that we have we've got from the community is um you know it's immense and um we're just very grateful for it that's for sure because even like man that post i think yeah um yeah in puffy markets just at the front there man i saw the line just wrap around forever <laughs> was, that line was insane man so man whatever you're doing it's it's hitting the nail on the head how's um how's st mary's going so yeah good man it's, it's it's a perfect spot we tried to get into mountie but um we couldn't quite afford afford to, to be in mountie so we um we thought we'll move over to St Mary's and and so far so good. It's a it's a lot of hard work, but um yeah definitely. Yeah, it's um it's probably actually a little harder than I thought it was going to be, but but man, thankfully we have customers who um who um who support us and um you know we can't complain. You know we've we've been very blessed. That's for sure. So just to go back, um, you know, what made you pick Hawaiian food over Samoan food, over Tongan food, over Canadian food, over American food? Like, what was it with the Hawaiian food that made you think, yep, this is it and we're going to run with it? Yeah, well, we, we just looked at, and you know, there was quite a lot of other people doing those types of foods. Because um, I'm a, yeah, I'm a Maori, my wife's Tongan, and she does very good Tongan food as well. But um, but <laughs> we just saw, man, like we, we, you know, there's more than enough people to go around with customers and things like that for everybody. But we thought we'd just try to tap into a market where it's untapped at the moment. So, you know, no one was doing Hawaiian barbecue. Um, I'm not sure if there is now, um, but um, 
we just thought we'd try to tap into a market and we we love hawaii like we it's you know it's our second home so we'll, we just felt like doing that and man and me me and fale we actually got to go to hawaii in our in our younger years and yeah 100 percent. you go to any like shack along the side or you drive along the beach and you've got you know all these different um, places like their bakeries and that kind of stuff but they all sell hawaiian yeah. barbecue you know and you pick your side yep. you pick your rice and like man every single one hits the <laughs> spot every time even you know they don't have mcdonald's oh there is mcdonald's there but i'd rather go to a place called <laughs> lnl and if anyone's oh, been to hawaii man, man i'd Shut go to lnl gates. as opposed oh, to oh man lnl that you can't yeah. yeah there's nothing better um yeah i took my team a couple of years ago from flight center to hawaii and and uh, the girls we went to lnl for lunch and then um I, oh, I asked them what wait. they want for dinner and they wanted LNL again, so that's how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the that's a Hawaiian food, yeah. And it's I think it, it's a perfect uh, choice because it, you know, there's rice, there's barbecue, there's something that everybody yeah. can appreciate, as opposed to you know some people only like certain types of food, where this kind of caters to everybody. So that's awesome. Yeah, man, can't go wrong with the Hawaiian Hawaiian food, that's for sure. So if your wife really makes or makes really good Tongan food, are we going to ever see a big, big mother? <laughs> 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 oh, oh, no. Oh, I like it. Hey, you just give me an idea, man. You just give me an idea. <laughs> oh, apologies, Marcus, man. I don't know where this guy's come from, but... <laughs> <laughs> You work in business, so you, please be frank with him. You don't have to. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely credit you when uh, when that one opens up. That's for sure. Let's <laughs> go. Cool. about Marcus? So, like, man, now, man, uh, I said, I said earlier, like Jerome Luai, and and you know, a few big names are coming through. So you know, words getting out. Just opened not long ago, and uh, at the start of the year, like, man, surely that must feel rewarding. And, it certainly does man like um you know we like i said we've been very lucky um that the name's getting out we've had we've had um hooligan hefts come through a couple of times and um yeah, yeah. jms came through the other day and yeah, um yeah. Kenyon brown <laughs> relic brown like we've, we've but 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 even with the Boys. even with those brothers man we've, we've also got customers who have come like we've got a couple of customers who have literally come every week since we opened um and they're, you know, they're the ones we're, we're extremely grateful for that they, um, you know, continue to support us. Yeah, we're, de we're definitely, um, you know, the, the brothers come through, like, like yeah. And uh, we're, we're just thankful for everybody that comes and, you know, spends money here. So, yeah, it's, yeah. It's amazing. You know, like for, for me, right, when I want to go to a place, you go out to the city because the city is where you've got all your different, um, you know, niche places to go. And it was never Mountie. No one ever talks about coming to Mountie like, at all, or the West, <laughs> right? It's either Panthers, but Panthers not really. Um, now you've given people a landmark to actually be at. And you know that it's more than a buzz if it's day after day, and this is what your second week and you're out with me. Like, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit of time. So this is my experience, right? So your grand opening was on Saturday, right? I was getting ready, had the kids, and I had to put the kids in the, the car and everything else, look after them, wash them, bath them, and everything else. Then, you know, I had to take care of uh, some errands and all the rest of it. And then I could see that you were closing at 8 o'clock, right? I was like, oh, 8 o'clock, I'm going to get there. Wouldn't you know, on the M4, someone, like, blew a tire, and then the whole road was out. And this was, like, 7.30. I was like, man, I've got to get there, got to get there. <laughs> 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, I could see the doors closed, and I just see, like, wiping down, and I just did the big UE and just go back around. So, you know, 
to, to, uh, to at least you know, tried, bro. All good. <laughs> no, no, all good. And for me, I was so excited because I got a place that I can talk about to say, "Let's go, boys. Let's go to the big aloha." Yeah, um, and you know, because you know, if you, get, you can see the relation between some of the the food, it's inspired by Filipino people, it's inspired by Korean people, it's inspired by Polynesians. Mm. Yeah. And you know, it's There's not a sushi; there. it's a masubi, like all that type <laughs> of stuff. Like I can talk about it, and I can feel proud to go, "Hey, let's go to say St. Mary's." Not like. Oh, you boys want to go to the West? <laughs> like, it's it's really good. So thank you for doing that. Was, was that part of the strategy to, to keep it in the West? Or did you have, like, places in the city that you wanted to go to? Yeah, man, like, we th- this is home for us, you know. Greater West, this right. is home for us. So, you know, and I, I actually, actually, my younger brother opened up a restaurant about three months ago. So he was kind of the one that inspired me to do the same thing. Um, and he's out at Rudy Hill. You know, he's it took off and... For us, you know, just staying around the area, this is this is our people, man. This is our community, and so if we can, you know, lots of lots of Maori Polynesian shops and you know Polynesian community are here. We we you know we hope to be able to represent our community, not just you know not just me and my wife, but you know all of us, Tongan, Samoans, Maoris, you know, Tokelauans, Fijians, all of us, man. The cookies, uh, yeah. Because uh, man, even for me, like I remember when I was high school. And kind of like yeah, maybe ten, year ten, year eleven, but um, they just opened the the Krispy Kreme over in yeah. the pool, and that was like the only Krispy Kreme, you know. <laughs> so you do long drives all the way to Liverpool mm. just for the Krispy Kreme, <laughs> you know. Now it's a bit different; they're literally yeah. everywhere, <laughs> and you know, and kind of the same thing like with um, Brazilian all you can eat places, mm. you know what I mean. So just going back to, and then when they started opening everywhere, it sort of lost its lost its buzz, but. You know, even with you going back to what we were saying before, you know, if it's there, people will come. Mm. You know, and if it's good, you know, more people will come. So, nah, huge, huge ups for for you and your wife and your family for creating that for us. Oh, um, very proud of it. Can't wait to hit it up next time. <laughs> um, when are you guys going, Vita? And when are you guys going? Oh man, very soon. Very soon. <laughs> Always welcome, boys. Definitely hit it up, and we're gonna we're gonna go in early. So. <laughs> nice. Just. Just delete my number when uh, you guys go. <laughs> nah, no, I'm going to send you a snap and everything, man. We'll be in there. Talk to Marcus, go talk to Spence, we'll go everywhere. <laughs> All right. Um, Fale, Toko, uh, any final thoughts? Um, no, just what I said. Thank you again for making a landmark out of the West because it just makes you proud to kind of say that you're from the West. And it actually brings up the name. Um, I work in Maoni. So, you know, I, I can see the difference. People actually talking about let's go to Aloha right, rather than let's go to the city. So thank you for doing that for the community. Oh, thank you very much. Um, and again, it's, it's, you know, it's a business. So, you know, you're very smart with your marketing. It's not just, you know, it's, half, it's not haphazard. Like your logo is there, your, your marketing, everyone else is into it. Like you're talking, it's very professionally made. I think sometimes um, with Islander communities and whatnot, it can be haphazard and oh, you know, put a put a paper sign saying ten dollar donuts. Like that's not you. You have to <laughs> shop with a nice vinyl. So um thank you for doing that, showing the example that, you know, you can actually do it. Um and you don't have to kind of stay in that mode of oh that's my job and that's it. So thank you for coming and you know showing uh, everything with us. So. Awesome man, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah man. Just one question. Uh, Marcus, um, you know, that stays on my mind. We we talk to a lot of people, and one thing I've loved about the podcast, we get to um, 
meet so many great people and a lot of these people um, you know are just starting out businesses or I know a lot of people that are thinking about businesses you know there's clothing and apparel there's other people doing podcasts there's other people doing food um, there's so many other people that have ideas um, but they're just too scared or they're not um, they're not too sure about the future for you I know you know you've you've hit rock bottom and you've made that choice to run a business but you could have just as easily uh, went and you know lined up at the next place and, and got a job similar to flight center what made you you know take that leap and run another business as opposed to um, you know just going and finding another job yeah man I mean for me it's all about being in control of, of, of my my own life and my family you know, when, when and, and there's totally nothing wrong with working for someone else either in a job. There's nothing wrong with yeah, that. Um, but my personal desire was to be able to be able to choose. You know, my main thing, you know, growing up, man, I always had a dream that I would wake up in the morning on a Monday morning and ro roll over rather than roll out. You know, that was just my thing. So, um, so and thankfully, you know, um, owning your own business you do have the choice um, whether you want to get up or not that day on a monday morning so if it, if it wasn't this you know i, th I thought i'll give a give the, um a food truck a go and if it didn't work man i would go and collect cans for a living like it wouldn't be beneath me to do that so um you know yeah, 100%. you know growing up in mount Druid, man people just expect that we we're here to stack boxes and that's about it um and there's there's, there's obviously nothing wrong with that either but um that's just people that's just what people think we're here to do you know polynesians um, but we can do a lot more than that as long as you know we have the skills and talents to do it um, we just we just got we just got to take a little bit what they call intestinal fortitude a little bit of guts um, to try something and so if it doesn't work man you just get up and you try something else um, I've been doing it all my life trying different things and if it doesn't work you know there's no shame in that you just move on to something else um, like I said if if this falls apart tomorrow I'll literally pick up pick up a a, a garbage bag and I'll go collect cans it doesn't matter to me man and, and that's probably my my final thought for anyone that's you know on the fence or not too sure about something honestly if you have an idea mm. just give it a go um, the worst that you can do is it doesn't work yeah. and on to the next um, and there's opportunities everywhere and honestly big ups to you uh, Marcus um, you know much love all the best to you and the family we're definitely going to see you guys soon and um, yeah thank you brothers love, cheers for that Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for coming on again. So much love. So again, everyone out there, head down to St. Mary's. My man, Marcus Pesson. Uh, thank you, brothers. Down, thank you so man. much. Thank you. Privilege. Yeah, a couple of questions that you are, uh, Marcus, and yeah, uh, we'll give yourself two minutes, three minutes um, to go through. Um, rapid, rapid fire. Rapid fire, yeah. So first question is, um, when was the last time you got a hiding or you got told off by your parents? Oh, man. Probably, I'm lucky, bro. I was one of the favourites. Uh, uh, it's, it's been over. It's been over 20 years. Oh, that's for no. sure. Oh, but man, favourite son, yes. man. Nah, just kidding. <laughs> oh, this is going to be controversial. Uh, controversial. Um, what's your favourite island dish? Oh yeah. man, I'd, I'd have to go for the lucipi man from my wife. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. We've converted. We've converted voices. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what jersey do you put on for for rugby? All blacks, oh, yeah, man, nah, hundred oh. percent, bro. There's the nothing but the all blacks, man. Nah, you, you, you don't want to watch the Kalitahi get pumped by England on the weekend. Oh, bro, I watch the all blacks pump the Kalitahi. That's for sure, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but, uh, at least you That's what we we need to support league now. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, um, and so what's your jam? Um, you know, if 
you go into a siva or hula hula um, and you're with your missus and you want to jam out and, and have a dance, what's your jam that you, you want to Oh, bro, mine's a dougie, bro. Can't go past a dougie. Oh, Let's go. Man. And you've been to America, so you can say you've done the dougie, hey? <laughs> no, my wife dances hula, so she's very good at it. I, I, so um, I love watching her dance hula, but I don't dance hula, that's for sure. Um, first album you ever bought? Bone Dugs and Harmony. <laughs> Let's go. And favorite song on that um on that uh, EOP? Oh man, like I grew up loving Bone, bro. I went to their concert like six or seven times growing up. So um, you know, all of them can't go can't can't go past you know first of the month. Um, yeah, right. Duggish, Ruggish, man. Crossroads, all of it. Oh, speaking to the. All right, so um, you know, there's there's a there's a movie that's going to be made. Um, who's playing you in that movie? Oh, it's got to be uh. Shucks, bro, that's a hard one, man. All my mates at work, uh, they always call me Maui. We'll get you the bone, man. We'll get you the bone. Last question. What helps you kick back, stay ready, and look sharp? Man, just stay grounded, eh? And um, for me, man, it's, it's, it's church. Can't go past church. It's the only thing I can rely on that will never fail me, besides my family. Great. Yeah. That was a rapid-fire question, so thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks, All right, brothers. All right. Take it easy, eh? Let's, uh, let's talk later awesome. about the big, big mullet. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Marcus. All right, guys. He's, Take it easy. Thanks so much, tech, guys. <laughs> See you. All right. Bye. Thanks, brother. Take care.